0: Well, hello and welcome to the Pumping Irony Podcast. This is a podcast where three friends, all living in Columbia, Maryland, get together and talk about things we like and dislike. My name is Tim. I'm Russ. And Andrew. (coughs) Andrew! Uh, Andrew's not here this time. He is off um, being a good friend. Granny's not being a good friend to us; but he's being a good friend to someone else. <laughs> to somebody. Um, yeah. So, like last time, it was only uh, two of us. Um, we were just exchanging <laughs> Russ for
1: Andrew because I wasn't being a good friend. Last <laughs> exactly.
0: <time. laughs> um, so we're gonna we do this again. And like I said, it might be a like last time, it might be a little shorter podcast, but that's all right. Um, wanted to get one in. Um, it's uh, November and December, it gets a little crazy, and I'm doing a lot of traveling, so until December, probably this will be the last yeah. time we can get together. So. happy! Uh, we're recording on Veterans Day, so happy Veterans Day to all the, the veterans out there.
1: And veterans means you've served in the military, not that you're in a war, right. like somebody on my Facebook page was right. confused about. And also, people get confused
0: <laughs> with Memorial Day and Veterans Day. Veterans Day is where we honor the, all those who served. Memorial Day is we honor those who gave their life in the service of right. their country. So they're two separate things. Um, but yeah, Happy Veterans Day. Uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna get into it with a little bit of news and notes as we do, and we we always bring Star Wars news. And I do have some exciting well, I think it's exciting Star Wars news to bring. Um, this kiss came out a few days ago, uh, dropped I think on Thursday that Ryan Johnson, the writer and director of Star Wars, The Last Jedi, is to create an all new. Star Wars trilogy.
1: I just saw the headline today, but I didn't read anything about yeah, it. Yeah, so, so um,
0: <laughs> he's going to uh, he's going to write and direct at least the first episode with his longtime collaborator, Ram Bergman, um, on board to produce, and uh, and so it, it's going to be it's going to be totally separate from the Skywalker okay. saga. It's going to be they said in like in in a you know corner of the galaxy that we've not explored before. Do
1: you know um, what the timeline is? Is
0: it uh, no, okay. no 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 timeline. Um, but, uh, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, the president of Lucasfilm says, uh, Ryan Johnson is a creative force and watching him craft the last Jedi from start to finish was one of the great joys of my career. Um, Ryan will do amazing things with the blank canvas of this new trilogy. And Ryan Johnson himself said, we had the time of our lives collaborating with Lucasfilm and Disney on the last Jedi. Star Wars is the greatest modern mythology, and we feel very lucky to have contributed to it. We can't wait to continue with this new series of films, and so yeah, <laughs> no timeline, no release dates, no nothing. Just just well, announced. When I said
1: timeline, I meant um, like where in the Star oh, Wars I get you. universe. Yeah. Time yeah, they didn't even say that. It, you mean, they're know talking now. about a new uh, <clears throat> distant corner of the galaxy, and who okay. knows when they're going to put it. But it could be far away, not far, or far far away. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, a long time ago, or a long or long, long a time, time ago, ago, or
1: not that long time ago. We don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, so I don't know, that's, that's exciting. And Ryan Johnson, he's you know, he's pretty talented. I've liked his movies so far. Um mm-hmm. and I'm looking really looking forward to The Last Jedi. So that's a little bit of uh, Star Wars news and notes we also bring. If Andrew was here, I know his, what his like was gonna be, which was a concert we both went to last night. Oh, okay. Um uh, which was the Lone <laughs> Bellow. Um mm-hmm. a band I've talked about. I think they've shown up on some of my best of um, of music for the years and so it's not I guarantee the, they're gonna show up again for the best of two thousand seventeen.
1: There are more people than one in the band. It's not yes. just one lone guy with, yeah, no. with half a bellow. <laughs> right. Um, you
0: no know, it's it's, uh, <clears throat> it's a five piece, um, mm-hmm. but the, the the main ones are um, um, this guy named Zach and then Brian and Kanine is her name. Um, and they and they really specialize in like vocal harmonies. But they're so good live. I mean, mm-hmm. they just deliver, and they sound so good together. And I was telling my wife today that Zach, the lead singer, he's—I mean, the main lead singer. They both all take leads, but he's the kind of—I guess—the main lead singer. But yeah. he is just so full of joy and energy. And That's I mean, great. I turned to uh, Andrew like two songs in and said, "I'm satisfied. You know, <laughs> if the concert ended right now. My, I would have got my money's worth." Yep. But it started like it started late. It started. They came on at like ten. <laughs> And they finished around 11.45 last night. Mm-hmm. It was just, I was exhausted, a bit, but also just, like, totally thrilled and satisfied. Okay, right. I mean, they really cool. just let it all on stage. And um, it was a sold-out show. It was at the 9.30 Club in D.C. Um, in fact, they added a second show tonight. I can't believe that they're going to, like, do a, another show tonight. But, um, I mean, because they seem, I mean, like I said, they left it all on stage. Yeah. Uh-huh, <laughs> But yeah, they're gonna do it all again in, the, in the day and they added the second show because the first one sold out so oh, wow. quickly. So it was a it was a really good audience, and and they just knocked it out of the park. And the the opening band was the Wild Reeds. They're from L. A. and they're kind of fronted by three uh, women who also do a lot of like harmonies together and sound really good. And they were terrific. I've never seen them before, but they cool. were really good also. Um, so yeah, that's that's a little news and notes, a little update. That I'm saying, I'm just saying that would be Andrew's like if he was here. So. Um, I know, but he would want to talk about it. But, but if you wait until next time, it'll be old news. That's so right. It's very People fresh in fresh in our, fresh it, in our <laughs> minds. Um, so we're going to get into it, um, talk about our, our likes and, and dislikes. Um, and this time, I think I started last time. So even though you weren't here, Russ, I will give you the honor. Oh, yeah, let me start of, right. of starting well, and, and leading us off.
1: Okay. Well, uh, as you know, I I kind of like Led Zeppelin, yes. and um, I haven't listened to a whole lot of Robert plant's um, solo stuff, but i've been I've been down in Alabama doing this this contract contracting job so I rent a car and um, a couple weeks ago i uh, the car comes with Sirius XM so oh, I was nice. listening to the like classic vinyl station or whatever and they and this is late at night. I got in very late and I had an hour and a half drive so I had it on and they had an interview with Robert Plant about his new album, Carry Fire. Mm. And just the uh them talking about it got me very interested in it. I'm like, sure, I'll check that out. So um I got it on Spotify and I've been listening to it ever since. So mm. it's uh I, I just think it's it's really um really good and layered and uh all kinds of different music and I know you've you've heard it too, too. Yeah. So um I guess this is his 11th um, um 11th solo solo album. Um it's it's his third since like 2007, but um, I didn't I haven't listened to any of the other ones uh like he did a collabor- collaboration with Alison Krauss. Yeah, Raising
0: Sand in 2008, which is excellent. Mm-hmm. T-Bone Burnett produced it. It's really good. They're they're they sound really good. together. one called Band of
1: Joy and yep. one called uh Lullaby and the Ceaseless Roar. Which I'm interested in, seeing, in listening to now because he did it with the same backing band, which he has this on this one, which okay. is the Sensational Space Shifters. Yeah, <laughs> which I love the uh, <laughs> the the name of that. But yeah. Anyway, um, but this this album just has so much varied music, and it's mm-hmm. it's like kind of has a world music um Definitely. feel to it. So I just. Uh, I I am amazed by it. I was looking up some of the uh, the instruments that they were using um and you know so they have like a Moog, a bender, a dubro, a, yeah, a, a tabal, a djembe and other unpronounceable instruments. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know where all these things come from, but they definitely give it a flavor of uh you know just being of the world and everything. Yeah. So it's uh it's definitely one of my favorite things that he's done and, and his voice has I would say matured. I mean, it was always great, but mm-hmm. I mean, you can't hit the you know whole lot of love right. register anymore. But
0: but he is sixty nine years old, <laughs> right? right. I mean, he's almost seventy,
1: so but he's got this nice like smoky voice yeah, now. It's, 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 yeah, it's it's, it's, um, it's weathered. It's, it's um, weathered, yeah, weathered. and It's really it's like a fine aged brandy. Or exactly, something. exactly. So yeah, so just some of the songs on here, I'm sure we'll play some of them yep. in in between. Um, uh, the May Queen is the first one, and that you know that's. From a "Led" uh, "Stairway to Heaven" lyric is oh, okay. where they yep. get the get the title, but uh, I just think that one has kind of a like an Appalachian vibe to mm-hmm. it, you know, very skiffle kind of stuff, and and that
0: might be um, <clears throat> reflective of his time with Alistair Crash, right, because right, that was yeah. kind of based in Americana
1: kind of music, right? And lots of these uh, songs are also very uh, topical for today. Like the next one's called "The New World," and and, well, I mean, that that's back to colonialism and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the lyrics on that is, subjugate them to liberate them. Like, that's how we kind of feel like we have to make somebody come, come to our point of view to to make them free, Oh, okay. that doesn't always happen. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, another song I love is, Carving Up the World Again, A Wall and Not a Fence. Mm. Hmm, is that topical? Yeah. Oh, you know, talking <laughs> about Brexit and Trumpism and all that stuff, so... And I really love the "Carry Fire" the the title song. It has a like Middle Eastern, Northern African feel to it, uh, sort of like Kashmir with yeah. <laughs> with you know more right more stuff like that. So I love it. I sit and wait for you like so many others do. and then bones of saints is one of my favorites it's got a really driving beat and and have you seen the video for bones of i, saints? Have, I haven't it's seen any of the videos i uh i stumbled onto it last night and i'm like i love this i don't know if it's because i'm working on a magazine right uh-huh. now but it's it's a video which which uh it looks like you're looking at an interactive magazine, and so the pages turn oh, as the okay. lyrics change. Oh, cool! And the lyrics are used as the titles of articles in the magazine. Oh, the wow. magazine. Yeah, so it's, that it's like really a creative, Alley, yeah, too. It's, it's really creatively done. <laughs> I was like, "This is pretty good. I like it." So, I'll have to check it out. Maybe yeah. we'll put a link to it. Yeah, put, put a link to that one. So, it's you know, it's on YouTube. It's easy to find. But uh, so uh, the last song, or last yes track I want to talk about is "Bluebirds Over the Mountain," which is. An old... It's a cover of an old... I forget who originally wrote it. Ursul Hickey. Yeah, Ursul Hickey. Um, but it's got a very industrial feel, so mm-hmm. I'm sure... I haven't listened to his original, but this has definitely changed. And Chrissy Hind is is a duet yep. with Robert Plant on it. From The Pretenders. From, from The Pretenders, Hind. right. And it's funny, because Chrissy Hind's voice has matured and aged, and so has Robert Plant's. And they kind of sound alike i was i was actually uh. shocked when i heard oh chrissy Hine is on i just thought it was like robert plant singing the other song oh, oh, part okay. or something like that but but they really go well together so um I, I i think it's great i so i just like i've been listening to this whole this album over and over again as i as i'm working you know and stuff so it's got a lot of tracks that are just kind of you know you don't have to really listen to them hmm. you just kind of that atmospheric yeah. orchestral feel to it so you can be doing something else and not you know not paying that much attention to it, it's good atmospheric stuff to, to do while you're working. So,
0: Well, I think even going back <clears> to like the Led Zeppelin days, they definitely were, I guess, atypical for, that, for the yeah. band at the time as far as like, their instrumentation. Right, and,
1: they tried all kinds of different things. Right, and, they were very
0: <clears> um, yeah, experimental like, like that way, and, and, and I think it worked you know, for the most part. So yeah. they've always had that, you know, I mean, it just it lends a, a depth to their music. Yeah, that you don't get with just, you know, if you're just, you know, just doing your typical, you know, two guitars, right. bass and drums yeah. kind of thing, where if you add all these other instrumentations, this, this makes it very layered. And, mm-hmm. and and definitely, I think Robert Plant is kind of a, a man of the world to say, like, he's, right. he's interested in and not just, <laughs> you know, American music or oh, yeah, exactly. British music,
1: or, but, you know, let's... Any music. Yeah,
0: so. any music and... and Drawing inspiration. I mean, kind of reminds me of like you know Paul Simon. Right. Who, I, was, I was
1: thinking that too. That uh, who, who brings in
0: like ins- uh, musicians from all over the place, Africa and South America, and just right. gives us music. Just a. Um, I mean, it just makes it very more, a lot more interesting to listen to. Yeah. You know, like not it's the same it's, old stuff you're
1: hearing all the it's time. It's like so.
0: foreign, <laughs> but foreign in like in a good way. You know, yeah. Sometimes yeah. some people are scared of foreign right. things, <laughs> um, but I'm I'm not one of those. I I think it, it just you know just adds a, a little bit of. uh a lot of flavor, I should say, to the to the music and, and, and right. you're listening to it, and it keeps you getting coming back for more. And and I like that about you know music is if you you know listen to it enough, you you find different things in it. You know if you you can concentrate on just one part of the music and then right. one time, and then okay, and then this, listen to something yeah. else. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've listened to it a couple times. I, I really like it. Um, I, I mean his voice is just there's something very comforting i think about right. The Plant's voice. <laughs> um, you
1: know, you've been listening to it for a long time and he's he's also a uh you know, he's a star but he doesn't sing like he's a star. He sings he it's about the music, not yeah. about him, you know. So, um he doesn't do a lot of uh, extravagant right. runs or anything like that or yeah, so vocal tricks. <laughs> yeah. So he he's he's in service to the song itself and, yeah. and all that. So I, I love that. So Yeah. yeah. So we actually
0: said we'll play some um, some of that music on from that. Um, this is gonna be like an all music uh, episode <laughs> because um, what I have my like is um, the new album by Arcade Fire. Um, I don't know how much you know about Arcade Fire um, but for those who yeah, don't what? know who they <laughs> are, they are a Canadian, Call them indie rock band, mm-hmm. although um, they're not so indie anymore because they have major label distribution. <laughs> but they started as an indie right, band, and right. that's when I first heard them. Um, Consist of um, their husband and wife duo, Wynn Butler and Régine Um The last part of it looks like champagne, so I, I'm just pronouncing so. it <laughs> Um Hopefully, I'm not butchering it. Uh, so, uh,
1: I believe it's Van Gillis.
0: <laughs> yeah, ben, ooh, that's a little callback. <laughs> a little callback uh, sorry. And then oh, uh, also um, in the band is Wynn's younger brother, William Butler, um, and a bunch of other people. They're, they're kind of a big band. Um, but they were founded in 2001 in Montreal, Canada. Um, so Wynn and William are Americans. Um, oh, okay. Regine Chassagne is, is, is like French-Canadian. Um, her parents are from Haiti. So uh, on their first album, Funeral, which was like their big breakthrough, it came out mm-hmm. in two thousand four. Um, she actually has a song um, called Haiti, kind of dedicated okay. to her, her heritage. <laughs> um, a lot of a lot of French in their first album, um, so, being from being you know based in Montreal. Uh-huh. Um, if you've ever been to Montreal, it, you know it's it's very it's uh, very French <laughs> and English. Um, and so, uh, Win was going to Win Butler was going to McGill University in Montreal, which is a college I've actually been to, not. To go to college, but um, when I was stationed in in Massachusetts, we did a couple weekend trips. I mean, oh, okay. Montreal was about five hours away, I think, by car. So we're like, "What the heck? Let's go to Canada go for to the Canada. weekend." <laughs> um, and McGill University kind of like <clears throat> like hotel rooms; they rented out some of their dorm rooms. Um, so we, we stayed at McGill University. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful campus, um, and so that's where that's where um, when was he was studying. Um, and uh, and then he met um, a friend there who – they started a band, and and the other guy is not in the band anymore. But um, that's where he met um, Regine, and, and then they eventually married in, like, 2003. Um, but just like Robert Plant and in, in, in their use of lots of instruments, mm-hmm. I mean, Arcade Fire has a lot of, like, different instruments. Um, you know, guitar, bass, drums, piano, violin, viola, cello, double bass, xylophone, glockenspiel, keyboard <laughs> – synthesizer, French horn, accordion, harp, mandolin, and the hurdy-gurdy, which is, you know, I <laughs> love saying that instrument. It's a, kind yep. of a, a fun, um, uh, yeah, the the hurdy-gurdy. Um, and so... and but The so,
1: hurdy-gurdy has the, like, the name fits what the instrument exactly, actually is. Yeah, like exactly, yeah, exactly. If you've ever seen a hurdy-gurdy or heard a hurdy-gurdy,
0: it, that's a perfect name for it. Um, but they're like, all of them are like multi-instrumentalists, multi-instrument mm-hmm. instrument and so they will like, you know... Change instruments uh, and shift instruments like in, in a concert. So, I've seen a couple bands like that. I think it's it's very interesting to see them live and to see them you know change and just around, the yeah. ability to play more than one instrument. Right. I think is yeah. is really cool. <laughs> um, and so yeah, they've been around since like since around two thousand one. Their first um, album came out in two thousand four. That's when I first um, heard it. It was mm-hmm. called Funeral, and um, they had a big song. I will play a little bit of. Um, The the most probably the most famous song from that album is called "Wake Up." wake up um, by Arcade Fire. I thought what was really cool about that song is um, during U2's uh, Vertigo tour in 2005. That was like the song that they would play like right before they hit the stage. Uh-huh. You know, if you ever been, to, I've been to a lot of concerts, so there's always like music playing right. on the PA system and all that. But then you know when the band's about to come to the song that like the, the volume gets a little bit louder. So, um, so yeah, wake up by arcade fire was, uh-huh. was the song that they played right before. And so everyone knew when that song started, it's like, okay, the <laughs> concert's about ready to start and the lights will go down. And it's a really um, anthemic song, I think with the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's their first album. That's what I, I've been listening to since 2004. Um, and then, so everything now is their new album. And I think it's their fifth album. It just dropped in July of this year, so I've been wanting to talk about it for a while. (laughs) Um, And Arcade Fire is a band. What I like is that they they like to try new things. So Mm -hmm. every single album kind of sounds different than the others, Um, and so they're hard to pinpoint like the Arcade Fire sound because they're always wanting to experiment and try new things and and um, and keep themselves, you know.
1: Keep it fresh. Keep it fresh, yeah. but
0: keep them growing musically or, oh, or yeah. try new yeah. things, and and so no album sounds like the the previous album, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I like that um, because you know some people bands get locked into that. You well, know, that's you know, the Ramones, for instance. You know, I mean, right? Pick a Ramones song; they all sound <laughs> kind of the same. You know, Four on the Floor. You know, it's like George Thorogood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but but RK Fire is yeah, not a band yeah. like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and and. Uh, I think the whole album. I think creative, cre- creatively, just the marketing behind it mm-hmm. um, is very fascinating. Just from even um, obviously, this is an audio podcast. You can't see it, but I mean, no, show it to the
1: microphone. <laughs> I, have, I have
0: the vinyl here, um, and and it's just. I mean, it's just really well done as far as like the the visuals of it. Um, like every single song on the album has like its own like little logo towards it, and uh-huh. uh, um,
1: and those logos are on the.
0: On a, an acrylic sleeve, yeah, that, that covers which goes, it. Which covers um, the actual.
1: Album. So they did a
0: lot of like um, a lot of like viral <laughs> marketing for this, even before the album came out. They marketed it. Um, it was marketed with a Facebook post um, from a, um, a disgruntled Everything Now Corporation employee railing against the band's refusal to engage in corporate promotion of its new album. <laughs> um, they also did a lot of other satirical marketing for the promotion of the album. So there's like a 360 degree agreement proposed by Everything Now Corp, where the band created multiple pieces of fake online articles related to events happening within the company of the band. So they it's like this Everything Now Corporation, which is you know that's a, um, the name of the album Everything Now, uh-huh. um, and so they did a lot of like um, a lot of like spoofs uh, of of music reviews a review of a fake installment of the rhythm video game series Rock Band titled Arcade Fire Rock Band. Um, (laughs) And so they just, um, they still, all this like fake, you know, marketing Marketing blitz before they they even came out. Um, And like, and and because of, I guess, because of their experimentation and their their willingness to go places that they haven't gone before kind of thing, um, you can imagine that the reviews are kind of mixed. Uh Uh-huh. So uh Metacritic which is um kind of like a collection of of reviews from like you know gather reviews kind of like um I guess Rotten Tomatoes is a gathering of mu- movie reviews right, right, Metacritic yeah. is like for oh, yeah, yeah for, for music. music. Yeah. Um, and so uh you know 1 to 100 and so it's it got um a, a 66 mm-hmm. which is which they consider generally favorable reviews but definitely polarizing reviews. Yeah. So like Slant Magazine said, um, everything now is Arcade Fire's most upbeat and easily digestible album. NME, which is a New Musical Express, is a famous um, publication in, mm-hmm. in, in England, <laughs> said that the Canadian art rockers are bigger, bolder, and more fearful of the future than ever. Gave it five stars. Um, Rolling Stone... Talked about the the lyrics, which I'll I'll get into in a little bit, writing that it is treacherous territory, but the band navigates it bravely, especially when it turns the critical lens on itself. Mm -hmm. And so uh, The Guardian, which is, another, I think, another British publication, said that the desire to experiment musically isn't enough to make everything now a bad album. There are songs worth hearing and genuinely thrilling music here, but a rather a flawed one. So that was like a mixed review. And so... You know, people uh, pitchfork hated it. Um, it says conceptually these songs don't transcend their social critique; they succumb to it. Um, and so, uh, you know, so it, it is a it definitely are, are um, gazing like a critical eye on the world that we live mm-hmm. in and consumerism. I think that's what they're like uh, yeah. satirically doing it with this everything now corporation right. and uh, and <clears throat> the marketing blitz. Um, they're really kind of a, a social critique on on the world that we live in. Um, so, like the the title song, "Everything Now," it's got a really good video. I, I, it takes place. I think they filmed it in like the like the desert outside of of Los Angeles, um, but it is that kind of that need for excess that we have um, in the in our Western culture. That's kind of critiquing, um, and so some of the lyrics. I'll, I'll read some of the lyrics um, for the song. It says, uh, "Every inch of sky's got a star, and every inch of skin's got a scar." I guess you've got everything now. Every, every inch of space in your head is filled up with the things that you read. Um, it says, I guess you've got everything now. Mm-hmm. And every film that you've seen fills the spaces in your dreams. Every inch of rose got a sign. Every boy uses the same line. I pledge allegiance to everything <laughs> now. Every song that I've heard is playing at the same time. It's absurd. Um, turn the speakers up till they break, because every time you smile, it's a fake stop pretending. It says, you got everything now. I need it. I want it. I can't live without it. Um, and then they like really, I think, turn the critique to, uh, to excess when they talk about, you know, how it affects, you know, families. It says Mm -hmm. every inch of Rose got a town and daddy, how come you're never around? I miss you in everything. Now, mama, leave the food on the stove, leave your car in the middle of the road, this happily family with everything now. Um, and then this is when that I, This lyric really hits home to me It says uh, I can't live without everything now Till every room in my house is filled with shit I couldn't live without <laughs> I need it, I can't live without it Everything now um, mm-hmm. And so it's like that Yeah. That desire for for stuff To fill the holes that are right. inside of us That don't really do it But we still continue yeah. to consume More and more stuff <laughs> And then another song I want to talk about is called Signs of Life, and and that's not um, so much about, um, you know, consumerism, but more about that looking for, you know, something to, once again, to fill the hole. And and this is um, looking towards, like, you know, um, experiences. Um, It says, those cool kids stuck in the past, apartments of cigarette ash, wait outside until it begins, won't be the first one ends. Spend your life waiting in line. You find it harder to find, but you do it every time. Then you do it again. Looking for signs of life, looking for signs every night, but there's no signs of life. So we do it again. Um, And so that constant need for trying to fill these holes in ourselves, but not, you know, and looking in, um, you know, just outside and and looking for experiences. And then another lyric says Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, sometimes Sunday, love is hard, sex is easy. God in heaven, could you please me? <laughs> um, and, you know, looking for signs of life, kind of like this whole, you know, we're stuck in this, this rhythm of, you know, we go out looking for mm-hmm. something to to make us happy or, or right. joy in our lives, but we don't find it. But we keep doing the same thing over and over again. Um, like it says, where are you going? Who did you ask? Who did you ask? Um, you know, where are we going? What are we doing? And, but then they think like, 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 who do we, who do we, who did you ask? Like, do, are you asking the right people? Are you looking for the answers in the right places? Because if you're looking for the wrong places, the answer is not going to, you right. know, the, the question, the answer is not going to fulfill the question you're looking for. Um, and so that's, that's another like, you know, biting song, but, um, probably one of my favorite songs is on the, on the album is called creature comfort. Um, if you look at, I mean, even the even the lyric sheet is, you know, it has has every single song has like I said, its own li- own logo, and they yep. use like you know, definitely marketing thing. But but Creature Comfort the the is like this big giant cereal box, <laughs> um, and so that's what they did for for marketing for that. They um they uh they actually made these um these cereal boxes, and um and in it they say, you know these with these um. With these with these marshmallows, and they said that you know they're laced with Ridlin and they're like you know this little thing <laughs> saying you know marshmallows aren't safe for consumption in the U S and Canada. Um, but they actually like put out these um these cereal boxes in like Dublin, and if they found one of these cereal boxes, they had like a this pass to this like after part after party um, after a show that they did. So <laughs> almost like a Willy Wonka type thing, uh-huh. you know, where you got to find the the the, the gold wrapper in the candy bar. And uh, and so, I, uh, Stephen Thompson of NPR um, talks about the video as complementing the band's narrative on the album, um, which is, he talks about the song, talking about unrealistic expectations, pressure to conform, <laughs> and the exhausting din of modern life. Mm-hmm. But, and I'll read some of the lyrics, but the lyrics and the music are like in, um, not congruency, but... Um, like
1: they're opposed? Or yeah, or not, yeah. Not so, opposed, they, but...
0: very, very serious lyrics, but in this very upbeat music. Uh-huh. Um and so it's, it's, it's kind of like, um, yes, you know, one person said that, you know, underneath a curtain of synthesizers, ringing power chords, pulverizing drums, and cheerfully shouted backing vocals, lead Singer Wynn Butler tells a grim tale about cultural pressures that lead men and women to hate themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, you know, it's really, um, you know, I, that's what I like about this album is like the, the lyrics are really critique, but they're, they're all around this really good music, yeah, you yeah. know? Um, and so, Um, Some of the lyrics to Creature Comforts, which are really, you know, really biting, are it says, some boys hate themselves, spend their lives resenting their fathers. Some girls hate their bodies, stand in the mirror and wait for the feedback, saying, God, make me famous. If you can't, just make it painless. Just make it painless. And then I think this is based on a a real event or what happened because the next, um, next line is like, assisted suicide. She dreams about dying all the time. She told me she came so close filled up the bathroom and put our first record on saying, God make me famous if you can't oh, wow. just make it painless okay. And then like the like the precourse it says it goes on and on, I don't know what I want, on and on, I don't know if I want it. So even that you know that, that desire for things, but then yeah. when we get the things, do yeah. we really really we want the things? Right. And so it's like this vicious cycle that we we put or fill ourselves with or find ourselves mm-hmm. in. Some girls hate themselves, hide under the covers with sleeping pills. Some girls cut themselves, stand in the mirror and wait for the feedback. Some boys get too much, too much love, too much touch. Some boys starve themselves, stand in the mirror and wait for the feedback. But then, you know, creature comfort makes it painless. Bury me penniless and nameless. And I like this line. It says, born in a diamond mind. It's all around, but you can't see it. Kind of like the, you know, we've been given so much. And yet we can't, you know, there's something within us can't um, see the beauty that we have all around us. But then you know the chorus is saying, you know, God make me famous. If you can't, just make it painless. And then he's, you know, gets really personal. Says it's not painless. She was a friend of mine, a friend of mine, and we're not nameless. Um, you know, you know, it goes on and on. Mm. I don't know. And then it says at the last part, it says, we're the bones under your feet, the white lie of American prosperity. We want to dance, but we can't feel the beat. I'm a liar. Don't doubt my sincerity. Just make it painless. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's like really deep lyrics. To this yeah. set to this really like you know bouncy kind of you know synth driven song, um, other other songs on there about chemistry about you know how we we fill our bodies with things yeah. with fake things and and what does it do to us, drugs you know, a couple long uh, love songs you know and obviously they're you know, the two lead singers are married and so you know there's mm-hmm. one song called Put Your Money on Me, um, which is really good. Um, and then one of the uh, other like really um, deep, I think like spiritual songs is it's called "Good God Damn," and um, you know
1: ask about that one. <laughs> yeah,
0: but he's like, and maybe there's a good God damn. Uh, maybe there's a good God damn. So it's like you know this this like who where is God? How do you yeah. find God? Um, I'd like to say that that when and William Butler were raised as Mormons. I don't know if they're still practice their faith, but okay. they do have a lot of. Um, um, like spirituality have, in, the, yeah, in their in their lyrics. They have a background. Yeah, they have a background, and um, I think he actually, when Butler actually has a, a bachelor's degree in religious studies,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and so you know there there's some deep spirituality in in their lyrics, um, and so you know it's not your typical pop fluff, I yeah, guess. Yeah. You know, they're actually trying to say something, and you know, and 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 from what some of the the reviews. Some people buy it. Some people you right. know, thumb their noses at it, yeah. kind of thing. Like, who are these people to tell us what you know what life's all about? Yeah, some some people thumb their noses, at which you get, I think, from any any time you try to you know say something out mm-hmm. there. Some people are going to receive it, and some people are going to not. I mean, you see right. that with everything, you know, on the internet. There's trolls everywhere, right, you know, right, I mean, right. we can't please everybody. I mean, I was imagining, you know, if Mother Teresa was doing things, you know, in our culture, some people would be criticizing Mother Teresa. Who does she think she is, you know, and exactly. telling us what, what what's good and or what's right and what's to do, you know, I mean, that's yep. just the world we live in. Um, and I think, you know, they do kind of like, you know, have a sharp critique about mm-hmm. some of the things and... um you know, sometimes sharp critiques cut, and sometimes they cut a little close to home, right. and we react right. against that. <laughs> um, but hopefully, you know, it, it leads us to a, a better understanding of who we are and the world we live in. And so yeah, so if you haven't, um, well, like I said, we'll play some of the songs in in, in this um, in this in this show, get a chance to listen to them. But I highly recommend uh, Arcade Fire's new album, Everything Now. It's been out for a while. Like I said, it's been out since July. It came out. Uh, it came out when I was when I was in Andros. That's when I so mm-hmm. I, you know, getting back from from that mm-hmm. trip, I didn't really get into it until probably like August of September, um, and it's an album I think gets better with every listen. Also, um, so there you go, check it out. That's oh. my like. So we'll take a short break. We'll play some music either Robert Plant or Arcade Fire. We don't know at this point yet, <laughs> um, and then we'll come back with our dislikes. Um, and probably like last time, our dislikes are probably going to be a little bit shorter. (laughs) Um, Real quick, I would like to say my dislike is I'm having some problems with Amazon. So like they said, they delivered a package on Wednesday and in the mailbox, it wasn't there. And then I was supposed to get a package yesterday, and they said it was delivered, and they showed a picture of, of you know, the package being delivered at my front door. I'm like, that's not my front door. <laughs> so I were in the neighborhood, and they delivered it um, to uh, the wrong address. It was off by one number. Uh-huh. Um, but luckily, the people, you know, I knocked on oh, the door, good, they're yeah. like, here's your package. I'm like, thank you, but I haven't yet gone back to Amazon. saying, yeah. I mean, I got my package, but, you know, it took a little bit of investigating, but yeah. um, I'm not very happy with Amazon. But that's not my, my dislike. <laughs> that's not your real dislike. Um, my dislike is um this is not a uh, this is like an audio um, slice you can hear apparently we're gonna be drinking yes <laughs> that's the sound of a soda being opened um, I saw this in the store the other day and I had to try it um, just to see what it's like it is um, salted caramel Pepsi <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna take a little bit of a, a little, a little, little taste, taste test here taste. See if you can hear that sound of the soda being poured. Um,
1: it sounds delicious.
0: I know you don't like soda anyways, Russ. Right, so, but
1: I'll, I'll, I'll suck it up for this. So this
0: is salted caramel Pepsi. Try it. Oh. <laughs> exactly. That's not right. It's not, exactly. That's what I said. When I saw it, I said, that's not right. I'll have to taste that. And no. it's not right. Um, I don't know who the marketing geniuses at Pepsi were, but <laughs> to, to come up with salted caramel Pepsi, someone has definitely gone insane. Someone um, has lost it, and they're just like, let's throw everything at this, at this you know. What the hell um, did they actually put in there? <laughs> exactly. Um, earlier, I think, in the year, I, they came out with like this fierce cinnamon flavored Pepsi, which wasn't... Okay. I mean, I drank it a couple of times. It wasn't like I'd never buy it again. I just had to try it. That was, you know, it was okay. It's like eating hot tamales and drinking Pepsi, yeah, yeah. but instead of doing it separately, you do it right. all at once. Yeah. This, I don't know. I don't know. I've never wanted to eat salted caramel and drink <laughs> Pepsi at the same time. I just never wanted to do that. Um, I still don't, even after tasting this.
1: Yeah, I, I took a second sip just to see if my first sip is was that, wrong. No, it wasn't right. That, <laughs> it's,
0: and it's an awful, lingering yeah. aftertaste. Like,. Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, let's, let's stop and get some water. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: so um, fake tasting. You know? It is, yeah. 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 So there you go. Salted Caramel Pepsi. Oh, this goodness. It's an aberration, but it's out there. So um, if you dare...
1: It's naturally and artificially flavored. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, in marketing terms, you don't know what that means anymore. That's right. Naturally and artificially flavored. You know, they could put... <laughs> the bones of aliens in there right. and that's, that's natural, natural? <laughs> it's flavored so oh. you know um there you go salted caramel pepsi my dislike wow. it's 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 a product that exists that should not exist that leaves a bad taste in your mouth <laughs> literally
1: <laughs> well my dislike leaves a bad taste in my mouth too um I, I'm I'm sure you've you've seen the uh, the David S. Pumpkins skit on Saturday Night Live. I have, which I think was brilliant. Yes, and four and a half minutes long. Yes, uh, it was a good good build up to you know a surprise joke at the end. Yes, which was which was great, and and it gets better if you watch it again, knowing that yeah. that's coming. It's it's still funny. What's not funny is the David S. Pumpkins <laughs> Halloween special that they pawned off on us. <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: I recorded. I have not watched it yet. oh it's is, is it bad? terrible
1: <laughs> it's it's like like many Saturday Night Live things that they try to expand into movie length right. or episode you know you know full length uh things. it does not work at all it's it's just yeah, they try to go for like a dr Seuss vibe sort of with rhyming and stuff, and there is a sort of a funny joke where the narrator at the end doesn't land the last rhyme that he's been building up to, mm-hmm. you know. So that's kind of funny, but I had this on in the hotel room while I was doing something <laughs> else, and I was just too lazy to change the channel. But oh my goodness! So you you subjected yourself <laughs> to, the, to the horror too. and the torture. Yeah, just because. Like, like I
0: just subjected you to something exactly Cargo, exactly.
1: <laughs> so I willingly did this. Um, yeah, it's uh, the animation's terrible. The I mean Tom Hanks reprises his role but there's no purpose to this there's 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 you know some kind of music to it but that they it's not catchy i don't know who the audience for this is supposed to be (laughs) if they just want it you know were they were they originally when they were writing it saying oh we can make this like this can be a peanuts halloween special that happens every year you know i I think they may have had that idea but halfway through it they're like this there's no way this is working so so."
0: is it is it Marketed to like the Saturday Night Live crowd? Is there, like some kind of like um? Is it? I mean, it's a story rude or
1: rude or is it's it? Not, it's not. It's of... not crude or rude. I mean, like uh, I think in the original skit, David S. Pumpkin says, "I'm going to scare the hell out of you" or something mm-hmm. like that. On this one, he says, "I'm going to scare the heck out of you." Oh. You know, so they tried to tone it down a little yeah. bit, which maybe is part of the reason. But it's just, I mean, it was a it was a dumb idea to begin with that worked in a four and a half minute skit. Yeah,
0: and and, and worked probably. I think it worked more than people. They probably expected were they it to expected me, yeah. it to be like, "Okay, we're doing the skit. It's so dumb and silly." Right. That <laughs> actually was hilarious. Right. In and of itself, but like, like you said, I mean, Saturday Night Live. I
1: think. Well, that, that's my bigger dislike is that Saturday Night Live tries to take something that's like a little gem, yeah, and expand it into right. a movie like the. It's gold, Jerry. Gold. Yeah, it's gold. Like the. <laughs> no. Pat, who's pat movie yeah I mean, one one. they
0: did like a deuce Bigelow male jiggle yeah, um, they've done the night at the roxbury
1: the coneheads cone yeah you know. i mean there are occasional movies at work like blues brothers is brilliant yep. um wayne's world i thought was pretty good yep. uh, maybe that's all
0: <laughs> yeah i'm trying to think of any other ones that were really that funny but usually
1: it doesn't work no and, and this did not work at all yeah so yeah, I'd watch it just for the horror of it, and drink a salted caramel Pepsi. While you're watching <laughs> Double punishment. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But yeah, so
0: <laughs> yes, like I said, I, I recorded it and I have not watched it yet. And I was about to, I was going to like delete it because like Halloween's passed. I'm right. like, well, do I want to watch this again? But then part of me is like, well, I should probably watch it just to see what the you know what the, what the hype is all about because I think it did get a little bit of hype. But but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think I talked about I forget what if I did on the podcast or just you know when talking with friends, but you know talking about like Ryan Gosling when he was on. Um, I might mean, have talked about when when I talked about Blade Runner, but when Ryan Gosling came back on Scient Live, they tried to recreate the magic of this one skit that he did. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That it didn't really work, um, and and so because it was just it was one of these skits that was just hilarious at the time. Mm-hmm. I've watched it. I laugh. I cry every time. But then they tried to like trying try to, to recreate it. the magic, and I think you know sometimes you just gotta let it. You just know, you gotta it appreciate you know, it for what it, yeah. it was, and and um, so I mean, there's lots of ideas out there, people. You know, just trying right. to find the original good <laughs> idea and, and go for that instead of trying to pawn off on us this, you know, these retreads of of this, you know, right. things that we like. And now it kind of like makes you not like you know David S. Pumpkins
1: anymore for some reason. Right. So, but sometimes like in like Stranger Things does this well where it, it harkens back to a time period that we like. Yeah. You know, like the eighties. Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff. So right. it can be done well, but yeah. It's...
0: Right. I mean if it if it's a an <laughs> homage or it's right, just, yeah. it's
1: just like reminding us of But not uh, not just trying to redo the right. thing and, and Right. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean that's just a lot of
1: like remakes, you
0: know, I mean they remake it. We've talked a lot about that, you know, sometimes, right. you know. I think it was a was a weird phenomenon because I think it found a, a new audience and a lot of younger people yeah, who were yeah. really familiar with that and you know it tickled that, whenever that, what it is about that generation that what, yeah. what they like, <laughs> um, that like I said you you um, reacted against that but some people really loved it. They right, made right. Tons of money. Yeah, so. so I think you know sometimes we do, they do remakes. Um, most of the time, I even mean, really, what, when's a, a remake that that really landed really good? I mean, they they've done. Um, you know what's that one about Mars with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Um, oh, uh, uh, no, not,
1: I shouldn't have even talked about know. that. But, you know. but yeah, but that one was not yeah. a yeah. So they yeah, do remakes,
0: so. and, and it's like you know these unnecessary remakes are like, why are you why are you doing this? So, like I said, there's lots of ideas out there, um, but sometimes you know Hollywood throws money at a, right at something to think, oh, you know, this is going to make us lots of money, right? And and, and it turns out to be disasters. And for every you know one thing that really works, there's like you know fifty things that don't exactly, and I guess that's the gamble of Hollywood, you know um, there's so much money to throw around, but you know Hollywood's having its own crisis of its own,
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um, with the, like you know the Harvey Weinstein it seems like more and more
1: and everybody else's yeah, like, and
0: yeah. you know people's careers are ending yep. you know um, because of this um like i said we we have this weird you know. Problem with sexuality in America and, you know, some people blame, you know, um, Christianity and, you know, saying this is a very, you know, putting all these rules against something right. that never was there. But then you see the fallout of the other side of that. And it's, you know, it's like, there's no answer there either, because right. it's a dark, it's... <laughs> darkness is happening with, with, you know, with, with that. And, and, and what's the answer? Uh, you know, we know the answer, but we're not going to get into it on this right. podcast. I don't think we have time. Um, so there you go. It's um, That's, I think, our, our podcast. Um, and we will be back, hopefully, in December with a podcast, um, if we can squeeze one in before the, the Christmas holidays if and not, all that. see you
1: next year. <laughs> see you next year with our
0: annual um, birthday gift for a, a Star Wars recap. Um If you haven't got your tickets yet for The Last Jedi, go buy them now. They're probably selling out quickly. Um, We'll be there. But until next time, I'm Tim. I'm Russ. And we'll see ya. Thanks for listening to the Pumping Irony Podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or any other podcast program. You can leave a positive review and a rating for us on iTunes if you like what you hear. You can interact with us on our website at www.pumpingironypodcast.com or on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash pumpingironypodcast. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Twitter by searching at Pumping Pod.